Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful.com. Here with a name you know. You've seen him here on Fightful before. We were just talking off the air. The last time we spoke, it was in front of this beautiful Toronto uh, skyline at, I think it was Polson Pier. We got the former Buddy Murphy here. How you doing? Uh, going very, very, very good. Very good. I mean, uh, obviously, it, it's been a big month for you as we do this. WWE release happened one month ago. How, how are you feeling after that, and how were you feeling when you got the call? Um... When I got the call, it, it's actually it's it's funny. Like I had uh, I had a feeling, um, and I was actually on my way to the performance center because I had to go and and get something printed out because you know in today's day, who has an actual printer? So I was actually on my way to the performance center to get something printed out, and uh, my phone rings and it says WWE Inc. and it was kind of like I knew. So I didn't answer. <laughs> so I went in and got, the, uh, got my things printed because I obviously knew it was coming because I had put across that I was unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, without, you know, overly stepping on toes, I made it quite apparent that I wanted to do more. Um, and where I currently was didn't, didn't sit well with me. So... Um, got the thing printed off, gave the call back. They informed me, um, you know, that they were, they were going to release me. Um, and I'd always heard like rumblings that once that day comes and it comes for everyone, you know, everyone's going to get that call one day. 
but they all would say that this weight gets lifted off your shoulders. And, uh, and there's two things in my life, which people have said, which are very curious on. They say, once you have a child, it's a love that you, you can't even explain. And when you get fired from the WWE, it's this crazy weight lifted off. So there are two things that I was very curious on to see what, you know, people were talking about. One just so happened before the other. And, uh, yeah, it was a little weight came off and I felt free. Um, but my main concern, what was going to happen to my visa situation was my main concern. I didn't care about the wrestling. Obviously, like I said, I wasn't overly happy there just sitting in the back, um, not being utilized. But obviously, I've built a life here. I have animals. I have a house. Um, you know, I've spent a quarter of my life in the US. So that was my main concern because uh, I think I have a, 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 I have a strong belief that I have something to offer and that I will land on my feet. So uh, the wrestling necessarily wasn't the, anything I do wrestling wise is better than sitting in the back in my head. So um, that was what I was mainly focused on, which, um, was the initial thing. So, but once a couple of days came, went past, I was, you know, I embraced it. I was excited, different projects uh, to dip my foot in. And yeah, man, it's, 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 it's a weird, unique situation, but it was, uh, as well as getting punched in the stomach, because obviously it's a massive shock. It was a breath, breath of fresh air. And the visa thing is something we've heard a lot more about in recent weeks. Peyton Royce and Billy Kay have been very transparent about their issues with that. And last year, when you've got guys like AOP, supremely talented, but not U.S. citizens, getting released in the middle of a pandemic where there was there, there's not a lot of people hiring, so to speak, that, that can be a major hurdle. Now, I mean, obviously, I don't think you're going to struggle to find work in, in that sense, but... Have you already got the ball rolling on a visa situation separate of that? How does that even work? Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking the measurements that I need to take. Um, but obviously when I would like to have as many band-aids over the wound as possible, as many backups as possible. So um, I'm, 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 the ball is rolling, um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. There's no point stressing on something that I can't really control at the point. I've done the things that I need to do. Now it's the waiting game. And uh, as we're filming this, less than 24 hours ago, we saw the former Alistair Black, Tommy N, now Malachi Black, who you're very familiar with, pop up on AEW programming. Now there's there's a whole lot that goes into this. There's a report that WWE forgot to update his no-compete. From a 30-day to a 90 when he switched from NXT to WWE, I've been personally told by some of the people that have been released over the last uh, few months, they asked WWE if they could get out of their 90 days, and WWE was like, yeah, sure, we don't mind. Because it would be very awkward if they told you guys, hey, it's budget cuts, and then didn't offer to let you out of the 90 days. Uh where do you stand on that? Like, are you on a 90 days? Are you on like a, uh, a secret 30 day? How does that even work right now? I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you straight here. I actually received a phone call from the office uh, the day after I was released saying that they received uh, an email saying that uh, 
they had messed up and that my contract was only 30 day non-compete and that if I wanted to prolong it to the 90 days that, uh, that they would do that for me. And I thought that was weird as I was a budget cut, but you're still willing to pay me another two months. Um, but it wasn't me. I had, uh, I had my letter. I received my letter, which said August 31st. So August 31st is my date. Um, but also when it comes to the visa situation, um, the more time I have, the better so I can and get prepared. Um, so even if they gave me an out, I'd kind of have to take it for, you know, for, for my life. So, so get, they thought, they thought that you might, have they been thought, in it, that they thought boat. it was me. They thought it was me. And, um, I, I informed them that it wasn't because I received the letter and it has this date. And then it just turned to relief. It went from panic to relief on the voice. Um, and then they moved on. So, uh, yeah, they, 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 thought it was me and they were they were panicking until i told them that on my letter it says august 31st this and is then fascinating yeah this is so fascinating to me because obviously there's been a lot of turnover especially as it pertains to talent relations we, we've heard about you know people receiving their stuff in trash bags mostly the women because they have heavier stuff to send back and all that but they weren't even sure <laughs> of like when you're not how long your non-compete lasted that's yeah, well, I think that they just panicked a little bit or sure. obviously they got the name mixed up and it was someone, but it wasn't me. So we know who it was whether now. Buddy and Alistair got mixed up, uh, Buddy or Black, you know, they're both Bs. Um, yeah, they, they called me and I said, not me. But, yeah, but you, you hear all those things and like the, the trash bag thing. And I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm a pretty open-minded person. Um, I don't get affected by a lot. I just kind of try and see see both sides of the story, so to speak. So, um, like, I don't think there was anything malice behind the garbage bag. Um, you know what I mean? But it's not a good look. Sure. You know what I mean? I get it. But do I believe that there was actual malice behind it to, 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 to upset? No, I don't. But... Um, definitely a shitty thing to do once you've been released you know and your life's being changed it's you know like what mickey said is she felt like it represented the way and she was booked used and treated she said it was almost like one of those things that's like well i don't know if they feel this way about me but it does seem indicative of such yeah yes i feel like when you're in the in that system you break it down into ways to everything's you feel you take a lot of the stuff personally right so um i don't know how much i should say but not say but um so alistair black wasn't on television for a while Mm -hmm. and he came back with his uh new character and his vignettes started playing but he wasn't showing up at tv he he hadn't he didn't have to be present at tv so once my storyline with the Mysterios got dropped overnight without me being told, uh, I was showing up at TV every week. I was there. So you have two guys in the similar position. One gets to stay home and not, and then I have to come in and realize that, uh, it was not even realized, but I felt like they were rubbing my nose in it and going, you love wrestling, but you can't do it. Right when all I wanted to do was perform. 
I want to, I want to be, I want to contribute. I want to, I want to earn my paycheck. I want to do what I've honed for 15 years. So I just felt like, you know, you, whether they did it intentionally, I don't know. I don't think so, but I felt like they were rubbing my nose. Like, this is what you, you, you want to be on the, in the biggest wrestling company in the world. You want to perform in that ring. Well, here it all is. You've made it, but you're not allowed to do what you love. So it's just like kind of bittersweet. And that's what kind of made you kind of turn away from the product a little bit. Did that affect your love for wrestling as a whole or did, or was that not wavering at all? Absolutely. Man, that's it. It, so I've always had my career's always kind of been ups and downs, like mm-hmm. crazy good, disappear, good, disappear, um, and like I know that I was like it was on one of those downward spirals, um, you know, from doing the the sets from the Alistair stuff to the Seth stuff. Obviously, the pandemic kind of brought it down a little bit, but then um, and then like losing, uh, AOP and then theory that were a part of the group. I was the lone survivor. And then it started to come back up. Like, you know what I mean? Then we started doing the thing and then me and Aliyah became the main part of the story because it kind of dragged out for so long that we were kind of the new blood in it. Um, and then it went, just disappeared like that. Thanos snapped his fingers and I disappeared. I'm I'm really interested in that because, I mean, I know that there were a whole lot of stuff that was planned for the Mysterios. Like, obviously, unfortunately, um, Cutler and and Blake were off TV as well. That happened. I know uh, some people uh, fell under the weather and stuff. And in these times, that's going to happen, unfortunately. What were you told or were you told an end game of the Mysterio thing whatsoever? And did you see like some of the, the backlash of people like that were talking about the angle and all that? I mean, it seemed like a consensus. People were stoked. You were getting on TV because you're, you're a popular character, but I mean, there, there's so many question marks around like what was planned and what was supposed to happen. Uh, so I was only kept in the loop, so to speak. It wasn't my storyline. It was, it was Ray and Seth's, right? And they did the eye thing and, you know, it was just, there was a lot of stuff that, like, I was with Seth, but then I wasn't brought in for Extreme Rules when Seth versed Ray. Like, just, I didn't know why. Like, I'm a, I'm a part of his act. Yeah. I need to, like, but I just wasn't brought in. Whether it was a, a pandemic thing that they didn't want other people, but... You know, I've, I've been in the build-up, you know, and it's a little weird when I'm not there. Um, so it was the same, the same with when Seth wrestled McIntyre the after, after Mania. Like, I just wasn't used on it. But I did the match with McIntyre the week before it in the main event of Raw. So just a lot of stuff. But I, it wasn't my story, which I understand. So I'm probably not going to have all the facts. But the idea... Um, once it kind of got prolonged to keep it like interesting, like the end game was that I was going to be back with Seth. That was, that was the end game. Uh, I don't think they had any idea about the Aaliyah thing. It was just kind of like to, to throw a little friction in there. Um, But the whole end game was to me 
come back with Seth. And then just out of nowhere, it became, uh, Buddy wouldn't go back with Seth. I was like, what? Like, why wouldn't I go back with Seth? Like, after everything that's happened, you'd never go back with Seth. I was like, but he beat me. This is when he had that we had our first match and he beat me. So I'm not sort of, as you're sort of brainwashed too. Like that yes. was the, that was the, the whole thing. The idea was that I believe, like I was meant to be the second coming of Seth. That I'm learning from this guy that is has held championships in all divisions. So the idea was that when I think that I have, you know, think that I'm really good, and then he beats me, I'm obviously not as good as I think I am. So. I'm going to go back with him because I don't think that I've learned enough, right? But then it just to so I had that match with Seth and we kept doing it, and then it was like, oh, buddy, you just wouldn't go back with Seth. And I was like, what? And Seth didn't. Seth wanted me with him. I wanted to be with Seth. And then it became the Ray match, and like I ended up helping. I get accepted by the family, um, and then we. I think I beat Seth yeah. I think I beat Seth and that was the end of Seth he he went away and did his family thing and then the following week I went into something with Corbin yeah. and we got pulled into a uh, Vince's office and he laid this this pitch down um, and it was the Mysterios have been fucked with for months now so now it, going forward the Mysterios are going to fuck with you before you fuck with them. So we're like, <laughs> okay. Like, so in my head, I'm just going like Eddie, like, you know what I mean? Like cheat, like we're going to do this stuff. So we, 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 we played ball with it. You know what I mean? We do it. But like when you're obviously structuring a match like that with Corbin, who's probably the most hated, actual hated heel. We're out healing. And this is my brand. This is day one as a baby face. <laughs> and I need the Mysterio family to help me win a match against Corbin after I just beat a former multi-time... WrestleMania main eventer, world yeah, champion. Yeah, exactly. I beat him one, and I, and I beat him clean in the middle of the ring. And, and WWE and does have that habit of Corbin. like when somebody becomes Money in the Bank winner or King... They beat them because they think they can rely on that gimmick to keep them over. And, I mean, you'd been, you, you had this monumental match, and you needed help to beat him. Yes. And then I need, but I needed four of them to help me beat Corbin. And then we cheated. But, like, the only way to structure a match to, for that to get the point where they keep popping up is for me to get stopped. So it turned out that when I became a babyface, I, I lost all my ability to wrestle. And I needed the Mysterios to help beat Corbin. And then I cheated to win as a babyface on my first night. I don't think the story got it. They were happy with it. I didn't like it at all. I just thought it was very strange. Um, I think the Mysterios thought it was strange too. And then the next week, it just kind of got dropped. And it was me and Corbin again. And I didn't understand why I was wrestling Corbin again when I beat him but it was Dominic that knocked his foot off the rope. Mm -hmm. So really Corbin was, uh, I mean, uh, Dominic was the issue. Like, and you want to fight me again? Yeah. So I didn't understand that. And then that was when we brought, brought in Blake and Cutler. Um, then I, I, this show is sponsored by better help. 
If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, I think Corbin beat me. One, two, three. All right. And then the following week we're at TV and I believe the Mysterios, someone in the Mysterio uh, tested positive for COVID or someone in their dead. family got tested for uh, positive for COVID. So then they went away and then, um, and I didn't know at this point and like, we're just kind of sitting around cause it was going to be like a big brawl with like Roman, the Uso and Corbin and the Mysterios were going to get in there. And then they just told I didn't see the Mysterios all day. And uh, one of the riders came up to Corbin and he said, uh, he goes, we're going to take you out of the big brawl. They, they think that because you're a new group that you need your own spotlight. And I was like, that is the strangest thing. I've, I've never heard that before. We're going to take you out of a brawl because we feel like you're a new group and you need more spotlight. I was like, so are me and the Mysterios in it? Uh, I'll confirm it. I never heard anything. And then Ray calls me and he told me the situation. So I said, so we're not doing anything. <laughs> so they ended up getting quarantined. I believe that they may have uh, had COVID. Then I was in contact with someone that tested for COVID. So then I had to get quarantined. And then by the time I came back, um, Cutler and Blake were sent home. <laughs> and Because Cutler got up- COVID. Yes, yeah. and then Blake got sent back. He he got told to pack up and leave. Yeah, like, so they. So I didn't even know any of this, and then when getting to TV, however many weeks later, they told me that you know, blah blah blah. You know, they've been sent home. So all right, what are we doing? Nothing happened that week. Then Ray and Dominic are doing stuff. I'm like, what's going on? And and just Aaliyah's Ray, not on TV whatsoever. 
Aliyah's not there. Aaliyah's they don't reference her at all. Going, Dad, do they need me? Like, I'm messaging Dom going, hey, is Aaliyah coming to TV? Like, there was no communication. She was asking her dad. I'm asking Dom. I'm asking Ray. Because we had no idea. And then the dirt sheets had said that they had dropped the the angle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, like, the dirt sheets, how do the dirt sheets know this before I do? So I'm trying to track down Bruce. Like, Ray can't get an answer out of Bruce. I'm looking for Bruce. Finally, I track down Bruce. I'm like, Bruce, what's going on? What's the storyline? Have we dropped it? I need to know what's going on. He goes, yeah, yeah, we dropped it. Um, we just need to come up with a way to get you out of the Mysterio family and then put you into something by yourself. I'm like, okay. Would love to go back with Seth. Like, yeah. And you all did tease it briefly. There was like, there was like you all yes, coming that, face that, to face. That was, that was weeks after that. Okay. And... Um, he goes, all right, good to know, good to know. And then I even hit up Seth. I said, hey, Seth, they've dropped the angle. I pitched to Bruce that I'd love to come back with you because it, it truly is a learning curve for me, you know, working with someone like Seth. Like, I pick his brain nonstop. And he was like, okay, cool, appreciate it. And he was up for it, and nothing just ever came from it. And randomly they had... They call me and they go, oh, yeah, it's going to be you and Cesaro and Seth's going to do something. I said, is this bringing me and Seth back together? And he goes, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure, but it looks like it. But really, they just fed me bullshit to, to keep me happy. But they had no intention of bringing me back with Seth, it seemed. Another storyline um, I have always wondered about was the Roman Reigns attacker situation where you are seen in the background. Was that a concentrated effort? Was it, uh, was it just a, a, a coincidence? Like, was that thought out where like, what were you talking about? That, that was a big mistake. Really? Cause yeah, so it, from day one, people were like, there he is in the background. It's him. They're finally giving him a push. Yeah. That was not meant to happen. Um, so I had done my cruise, did the cruiserweight stint, um, got drafted to SmackDown, wasn't being used, um, you know, was wondering why, but, you know, all right, like, I'm new to this. Like, obviously, like, hopefully they want to put me in as a big, insert me into a prominent role or something like that. I said, I've, I've got the portfolio of the matches. I can, you know, you've seen my work. Um, and then nothing happened. And then we think we had a show in Miami and it was, it was meant to be me, Ali and Andrade and a triple threat. And like, we got, we were super excited. That's they're two of my boys. So we're like super excited. We come up with something great. We're excited to do it. And then as door, maybe it was 30 minutes before the show, they had canceled the match. And where we were all gutted, like we were like, man, this is going to, this like we structured a match which was going to showcase us all, like, and high energy, exciting. Everyone kind of looks great in it, like, and they got scrapped. So doing that, and then I think during the time they were doing this thing during the commercial breaks, where they would just send a guy out, they'll stop the match, they'll just send someone out to kind of promo to the house and then leave, so they didn't have to wrestle. And it was just like a thing for a couple of weeks. So the first time I did it, I did the promo. It went online. Um, and then I did it the following week, and I'm, like, changing it up. And they're, okay, like, that didn't go online. 
And then they gave me one and then it got scrapped. And then they gave me another one. I might say something like this. I said, I don't feel comfortable saying this stuff. And they're like, why not? I said, because you're saying, I feel like an idiot saying like it's, you're saying, Oh, you know, once the best kept secret will be revealed, but you haven't even told me when that's going to happen. And I feel silly saying it over and over and over and over and over again. When I don't, I could be saying this for two and a half years for all I know. So they gave me this promo to do. And I I was, I was like, again, like, why are we doing this? And I said, I'm not saying that. They go, what would you want to say? I said, I'll think about it. So I walked down the, down and I went like between some cases and I'm like, and I'm just kind of like going over some stuff to get some thought, like use the fire that, you know, cause I was ticked off that, you know what I mean? Like you keep giving me these things, they're not going anywhere. And I don't want to say the same thing over and over again. So as I'm doing, I'm kind of, and then I kind of like look over, I see Roman walk past and I'm like, okay, like whatever. Didn't think of anything to it. Left the show, did the promo, left the show. Um, and I left a little bit earlier and then I got a random message from Elias and he goes, did I just spot a wild Murph? I go, what are you talking about? Oh man! And he goes on SmackDown. I go, what? And then I went on Twitter and it was blown up. And I'm like, oh shit. Every, like, everybody was like, oh, this is it. This is the push for Murphy. They thought it was, they, I thought it was me or Goldberg. And, and people and, were like, because Goldberg had the same kind of baseball yeah. tee. And the angle and was like, total oh. dog shit. Like it, it looked, it looked horrible. Like the, they set up a camera on the thing that fell on Roman. It was the cheesiest thing I've ever seen. But people were like, oh, well, if it gets Buddy Murphy on TV. Like, that's what people were excited about. And it was great because it, it did. Yes. <laughs> By accident. And, um, like, I'm obviously sitting there going, that's not meant to happen. That's not what they want. I hope this doesn't fall negatively on me in a way of, you know, um, especially when the boys are texting you. Going, yeah. hey, I just want a wild Murph, and then they're thinking things, and I'm like, oh shit. But to be fair, they didn't yell clear. They didn't, you know what I mean? They should yeah. make sure that I didn't get there. That's so, a very happy accent, though, because the match that you guys had was like that, and that's what people point to. They're like, oh look, there's Buddy Murphy. He had this kind of match. Him and Roman Reigns have main pay per view main event quality chemistry here. Yeah, I think that that was my big big coming out right i obviously did all the stuff in the cruise way and then i sat in the back for however long the rape the um the whole reigns thing kind of came where he was throwing me around and stuff like and i'm just happy to be be a part of it right i'll take whatever i can get um and i'll do it to the best of my ability and then i remember it was meant to be like one week that they i get there it's me and roman in the main event of smackdown and i'm like what is going on? And then we had to do like some meeting for whatever thing for a couple of hours. Then we come back and then the match was gone. And then Roman pulled me aside. He goes like, I don't care about doing the match. But tonight's not the night we do it. Like it's just, we're, we're rushing. And I'm like, okay, but I'm like so deflated. And then um, like that SummerSlam weekend where, where I first met you, we're talking and, I'm just talking shit on Twitter, right? Like, and then next thing you know, I'm wrestling Roman on SmackDown and, 
and Roman was awesome to put that together with. Like he kind of gave me the the reins. He goes, blah, 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 blah. And then he obviously tweaked it a little bit, but I felt like he wanted to help me. I wanted to just bring it and I wanted to kill it because that's what I'm used to doing. And you know what I mean? It was it was it was a Buddy Murphy style match. You know, it was a cruiserweight match with a guy that was, you know, would get critiqued that he couldn't wrestle or, yeah. or whatnot. And then he's just he's basically saying F you, I'm saying F you, like and it was but to this day people people keep talking about it. And it was a massive learning learning thing for me. Um and it put me on the map. And then following it up with Daniel Bryan killing it and then I had a match with Ali and the King of the Ring where we killed it. And then, long story short, Heyman had talked about bringing me to Raw. Once I did those three matches back-to-back, I was never used again on SmackDown. You mentioned Heyman bringing you to Raw. I've spoken to a lot of people that talked about how much Paul Heyman liked you. Specifically, uh, a situation I was told, he was willing to give up Braun Strowman to SmackDown, like let them have him to have you and some of the other people that quite frankly weren't being used because he was like, I see something in all these people. A lot of those people aren't being used or are released now. And you would always hear Pritchard say on his podcast, well, sometimes Paul going to bat for people isn't the best thing uh, because I, I don't know, maybe Vince is hard on him. Did you ever see any of that? Do you think that because you got endorsed by some people that it may have have had some sort of adverse effect. And and what did you think when you you heard, hey, Paul Heyman, who is pretty well renowned, is going to bat for you? So, like, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he he had always been honest with me. You know, he's a massive advocate of me. It's, you know, he's the advocate for, for a lot of people. But backstage, he would always pull me aside and. And always talk to me, and he would he'd be like, "I don't understand what they're doing. How are you not on TV every week?" And you know what I mean. And I'm going, I don't know. Like everything I've done, I felt like I, I, I've given you with my all. I felt like everything that I was giving, I hit out of the park. Um, but I don't know if that would be. Sorry, that's all good. We're back. Now my phone got rang, (laughs) but uh, uh, yeah. So he, it's going. Man, you're a popular guy. That's my old man trying to call me. Uh That's that's what that is. It's not Um, Tony Khan or Ring of Honor or anybody like that. Nah, nah, (laughs) unfortunately, not yet. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. He was always good to me. He'd always pull me aside, tell me. You know, ask me why I'm not on being TV, how they're messing up. Um, so when he did take me to Raw, I felt like I could approach him about ideas. Um, and the whole idea with, with Alistair and stuff like that, uh, he was big on Alistair. He was big on me. So he was excited to work with us and kind of get our... Yeah, I felt like with Heyman, he's more... like Instead of rather than just going, hey, do this, he would hear you out because you obviously know yourself the best and we know what we can bring to offer. So if we can tell a little, put our little two cents in and we can get behind it, then obviously the product's going to be better. But if it's overproduced and you're told to make this face, to make that face, it's not genuine. So I felt like 
that's when it came to, you know, you put two guys that are friends, like me and me and Tommy, we're going to kick the shit out of each other because we're friends, right? And that makes for a better product too. But there was one time in uh, which I felt like I needed to talk to Paul. It was, uh, we did the first match, me and Alistair, and then we the following week they wanted to do it us again. And Alistair had told me that, and I was, I was mad. My, like, why are we doing it again? Well, I know why they wanted to do it again because we hit it out of the park yes. and they wanted to, but that's not compelling to me, right? If you have something good, you should only bring it out, right? If, if you have a theater in your house, you're not going to watch TV on it every night, right? You're going to wait mm-hmm. till you have a movie that you can sit down, enjoy it, and feel that. I feel that's the same with wrestling, right? Like, like Seth would say it, like they just drive it into the ground. And I didn't want to drive me and Alistair into the ground because we know we have a good thing and we know we can expand on it. So uh, I told Heyman, Heyman agreed. And then we prolonged it. He goes, well, let's make it on the, you know, the, the first or the raw before New Year's or just after. I was like, okay, cool. So we had a week to fill and it was Alistair going to do his 22nd, you know, local. And then I was going to have a six minute, six minute competitive match with someone. And I didn't see how that made sense. And I brought it up. I go, he goes, what would you want to do? I said, if he gets a 20 second opponent, give me a 20 second opponent. If we're going to sell me as a threat, I shouldn't be having competitive matches. I should be doing exactly what he's doing to paint us as the same caliber, right? If you paint this guy that can beat a guy in 20 seconds, and you paint this guy that takes six to eight minutes to beat someone, we're not on the same level. So I said, we can do the stuff where I come out and I can like interrupt his entrance. Now I'm playing mind games with him. And then I go to shake his hand and then I knee the guy in the face and then I mock him and then I hit my finish and then we, we, we do the thing. So now I'm mocking, I'm interrupting, I'm mind gaming, but I'm on the same level as it. You can hit a knee, I can hit a knee. You can hit your finish, I can hit my finish. Your finish works, my finish works. Now we're we're building up together. And I felt like, and Heyman went for it. And I felt like that made it better, you know, in the long run. And like little things like talking to Heyman, hey, like when Tommy comes out, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit cross-legged in the ring. I said, I think it was gonna create a crazy visual. And to this visual, that's the big one of the biggest moments. Yeah of the match is him rolling up me staring at him. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's the moment. And we had three great matches out of it. I didn't want 50, 50 booking. If it was up to me, I would never beat him. He's my Achilles heel. I cannot beat him until it is so far in the future, like a WrestleMania and the titles on the line. And I've always lost. Right. So now I have to come up, um, come over this hurdle and somehow beat the guy that I can't beat. And then when I finally do, it's a massive accomplishment, right? So I'm not a big fan of the 50, 50 booking. And then, you know, one person's strong for a month and then they can't win for three months. Like, you know what I mean? I I noticed that like AJ Styles was on such a hot streak leading into WrestleMania this year. People were like, Oh my God, they're, they're getting him ready for triple H or somebody like that. He challenges New Day for the tag titles, and all of a sudden, after not losing for six months, he loses every week. It's, it's to me, an unusual way 
to build somebody up to compete for what should be a top prize and should be important. Was was that line of thinking of wins and losses not being important, was that furthered backstage? Because to me, if if wins and losses don't matter, then the things that you achieve by winning and losing the titles don't mean much either. I think that, you know, wins and losses, well, I don't think wins and losses matter, but when you're creating a TV show and the whole purpose is to win, there has to be some sort of prize at the end of it. Right. Like, like I get in the whole grand scheme of things that you, you could lose three matches and then you could like, I lost all my matches with Alistair. Right. Yes. And that put me in a downward spiral, which made me, you know, go side by side with the, guy that thought he was god but right? i mean so, then then it matters because it led to something you're in that exactly. downward spiral because you're like i don't want to lose all the time like what am i doing here like and then to go off that when i did join him the following week i won the the tag title so in the story of things like he joined this guy and it works so like the very first time i tag with him i get gold yeah i'm listening to this guy this guy knows exactly exactly right i went from losing three matches to a guy that I know that I could beat into being a tag team champion in two weeks. So I'm sticking with this guy. And that was the the way that I thought of the disciple character, right? That's why, like, I it was my idea for them to drop the buddy out of Buddy Murphy. I, I was going to, I was just about to ask you that. So that was your call. How, how did that go? How did, how, what, what kind of reception or did you get any pushback? So no, so I was just kind of like talking with Michael Hayes and he goes, what up, buddy? And then like, you know, he's like, oh, buddy, buddy. And he goes, it's just too friendly. And I said, let me get rid of it. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I said, like, back when in the tag team, I was, it was Blake and Murphy. I wasn't really known as buddy, Blake and Murphy. I said, ideally, you know, I would like to sacrifice my given name, which is the first name. You know Uh... what I mean? Let me sacrifice my given name and become like a new, like reborn person under this Messiah to go kind of go with the biblical story. Right. And they went with it. They just never explained why. And I feel like that's a detail that would have uh, made my character make more sense and go, this guy's so up this guy's ass. He, you know, he, he dropped his first name. Like he sacrificed his first name for this guy. Like, you know what I mean? So, um, but it was just never brought. I like it. Just they're they're the details that it's, I hate when they're missed. It's funny you mention that because like when you tell me that, I'm like, wow, that makes so much sense. That's since that's a great plot point. When Tommy End was doing his Twitch streams and he explained the Alistair Black character, he said it was like the devil with amnesia. He he knew he had done something wrong but couldn't remember what it was. I was like, that's such a badass explanation of what that what he is. Why yeah. do you think they overlook these these points like that? Because to me, that would reward me for watching every single week. I'd be like, okay, that makes so much more sense. I don't think they care. I think it gets down to the point where they know who... It's not these little details on someone like me that's a, you know, a side act, right? Um, it's just... It just does it like... Another detail that I think that is was lost is when Seth made his big return and everyone was around the ring. Mm-hmm. They didn't want me next to the Mysterios. So they separated me and the Mysterios, but I didn't understand why I was out there. I said, last time this guy was on TV, I beat him. 
the Mysterios have such a blood feud with this guy. He tried to rip out the guy's eye, literally, or literally ripped out his eye, tortured his son with a kendo stick, literally corporal punishment on his son. And then they're going to walk out and show respect to a guy that's making his return. No, like, you know what I mean? Like me being out there and me not next to the Mysterios creates more questions than answers. You just didn't need us out there. We wouldn't show this guy respect. Last time I re- saw it, well, you, you messed me up however many times. I beat you. You went away. Now I'm showing you my respect and being by the ring. And it just didn't make sense. And to them, I was just a body. I was a body out there to make him to everyone out there to make him look like a big star. And that was what they said. Because Seth didn't want people out there either. And then he was told, he goes, no, everyone out there makes you look like a bigger star. But in my eyes, it's just a it's a it's a I that wasn't dotted and a, and a T that wasn't crossed. And I feel like, and I'm such a detail orientated person that it just infuriates me a little bit. And this is after I'd already asked to go back with Seth, and I didn't we didn't know right. Like it was so funny because we're walking out there, and no, everyone's like, "What are we doing?" A lot of people didn't know what they were doing. Well, we're just going to eventually someone's going to leave. We're going to follow. We're going to follow. So we didn't know the dialogue or the promo or anything like that. And then as I'm listening to it, I'm like, this is perfect for me to come back. And I'm like sitting there and everyone's just kind of walking away. And I'm just sitting there going, this was ideal for me to come back. I just don't leave. Yes. And then I'm like, Oh shit, I gotta go. And then I walked back and I was like, oh man, like there was such an easy thing for me to get back with him. It's just not leave. To me, it's such a domino effect because nobody will ever complain about your wrestling show being too smart, but there will be people that complain about it being too dumb or dumbed down. So when you add details like that, it rewards me who watches Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, NXT, watches 15, 20 hours of wrestling a week. It makes me feel like, okay, there was a reason I watched that every week, and I feel rewarded. And I think when you make a smarter project or product, you, you cultivate a smarter audience and a more educated audience. And a more educated audience is more likely to invest financially in your product and your stars as well. So I've, I'm surprised that, they, that the domino effect isn't clear to them where they're like, oh, okay, you know what? This could net us more money if we have a more compelling show that makes sense yeah i think at the point that like i wasn't i wasn't on their radar i was a body so it didn't matter that detail that detail like maybe the however many people that noticed it you know they're banking on no one noticing it but i feel like it's like one of the best things about the avengers right is that they have these these tie-ins and like these little hidden Easter eggs. And I feel like that, that makes me excited, right? That extra detail, it's just putting a little bit more effort. And if, if you put a little bit more effort, then I appreciate it more. But yeah, I just don't think that I, it just wasn't a, I wasn't a thought. Did you have many conversations with Vince McMahon about specifically anything? I mean, I know over the last year and a half, he's been much more, sparse than than usual i in even before that he he wasn't at smackdown all the time did you have many conversations with him 
No. So the way that I would look into it, a lot of the stuff, um, because obviously you hear the you hear the stories, right? My thing was that if there was something that I was willing to die on, then I would. But if it came down to like a promo and I'm like, why am I saying this? It just, it's, I wouldn't say this. And then like, oh, Vince, you know, you can go talk to Vince about it. Wait no, because then the one, line, one, the one line that I don't like, the whole promo will change. So it's not worth that to me. So I would just try and get it in or if it's not connecting with me. And I used to do some promo work with Edge. And he did some, he told me this one line. He goes, you have to bring some, something real in, in it that you can relate back to. Cause that's going to bring the emotion out. Right. So a lot of the time when I would do this promo, I would try and relate it and get in a, in a mind frame that I could bring out an emotion. But if that word or that line that he said just didn't compute, then it's not sticking. So I'd forget about it. Right. So, and that's another thing, like when you're doing that stuff, if it doesn't make sense and come genuine to you, it's not going to stick. It's going to come out robotic. And I felt like that was a lot of the stuff, right? And like when I was doing the disciple thing, I wanted to be robotic. Like I didn't want to show, like a lot of people would uh, would talk about like, oh, you know, like myself that, you know, I can't cut a promo. I can cut a promo. I wouldn't say I'm, edge or seth or or anything like that i can cut a promo but when it came to my disciple character i didn't want to talk yeah because i have a guy that i stand by that is a preacher he preaches wisdom my whole thing with the disciple character was that when i do talk it's like out of place and then that makes people turn their head and go oh what he doesn't why is he talking like that's that's weird but even when you put a couple of little words in there, it kind of takes away from it. It just kind of chips away at that that big impactful time when I go, hey, like, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't talk. But then when he does, it means more. So it's just like, you know, you, you have a finish, right? Yeah. You hit your finish, you win, 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 win. And then you hit your finish and they kick out as means more. But if everyone kicking out of your finish every week then it means nothing so i feel like that's the same with like dialogue and, and and whatnot so you know and winning matches and and in it works in everything you 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 set a you set a trend and then you can go off it and it means something but that was why i didn't do a lot of talking if you look at the, my 205 stuff i'm like Meh, like i'm like brash and all that and then when i'm disciple i'm just stoked just staring chin up so like the characters were very different. The character that I portrayed of or thought of the character didn't really get a chance to be perceived how I thought it should be on television. Cause I've only got, however, you know, and I get it. Seth's, Seth's the star and I get it. And I'm, I'm not against it. You know what I mean? But just at the end of it, it should have been bigger. We always hear about Kevin Dunn having a lot of influence, but a lot of people that I've spoken to recently said that they didn't have much interaction with him either. Did you? No. Ever meet maybe, him? Like, maybe, like at maybe, all? No. Wow. Maybe I, he, he was walking to the truck, and he would say, hey, buddy, what's up, man? How are you? Like, that was about it. No. Yeah. 
So let's let's talk about some sort of post WWE stuff that ties into WWE stuff. You posted the picture, and I know what one. You, I know you know which one I'm talking about because it went viral. What's your what's your weight at right now? Two years ago, you're telling me two fifteen. I said two fifteen. That's what you told me in Toronto. Were you kayfabe? Yeah, that's me? what I. I was. No, it wouldn't have been two fifteen. Wow, lying to me on the air. Well, I, I don't think I would have been two fifteen. Um, so even when I was doing my last stuff, I was like a lot. When you saw me in my last match, like, I think it was Andre the Giant. I was about two hundred and two pounds. Really? So you yeah. were you were a shoot two oh five? Like you had made that weight? Yes, and I made that a, a mission. Yeah. And I know Ali posted out a tweet, like kind of like shooting down rumor. I literally would go into a sauna. If I had a weigh-in segment on 205, I would not eat and I would hit the, go to the workout and hit a sauna. So I look dry and completed mm-hmm. for these weights, right? And then once I would do it, I would eat and drink. So then I would look more watery so there was a difference yes. between the two just, just like mma that, fighters i mean they they, exactly. cut, they cut that water weight they put it back on after weigh-in and that was going into the into the character which doesn't get well maybe they did explain a little bit on there but the whole idea was that i'm these guys are 190 180 pounds mm-hmm. right full i'm going to 205 for a weigh-in once i make weight i'm jumping back to 220 that was the character. So I, there's 40 pounds difference. What a bully this guy is, right? You know what I mean? Like he's literally going to the edge and then he's just replenishing, rehydrating and he's picking on these guys 40, 45 pounds lighter. That was the whole character. That's why when they chopped me, I'm looking at him and going, really man? Like, Anthony, you know? Anthony Rumble Johnson as a welterweight years ago when he eventually fought Andre Arlovsky at heavyweight. Like yeah, he was so much bigger than these people. It's just not fair, right? So that was the whole basis of the character. And it was based on Conor McGregor, like when he went up weight, right? Yes. And get the two belts. Well, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. But like bringing that realism, I like to bring it as a sport. And I really wanted to do like a styles make matches, right? They always say styles make fights. But the whole, like in 205 back then, it was style makes matches. I was the powerhouse, right? Then you had... Uh, you know, you had your, your luchas, you had your technicians in Gulak. Like Ali was the heart and soul. And then you had Cedric, who was like the borderline big guy that was like whatever. You had Tony that was, you know, this high-flying hybrid. Like everyone kind of had their place and the styles made the matches. But my whole character was based on being a bully. At over one, like because I'm just making the weight and then I'm, back at 220 because and, i looked like yes and with with wdb's talent pool i always looked at it and i was like man they, they should have really added more of that to the division because as we saw in the match with roman reigns like main event pay-per-view caliber level match it should be that like these guys are just as good as the heavyweight champion hopefully one day we can see the cruiserweight champion the heavyweight champion do battle will that size difference or the technique speed difference be the difference and they have so many big names that are under 205 pounds as well yeah 
and the thing is, if I stood next to AJ, like you know, that's the thing, right? And that's why they never like there was a it was a call that that Vince made. He's not a cruiserweight. Never mention the cruiserweight again. He's too, he looks too big to be a cruiserweight. So if you're saying this guy is a cruiserweight, and then I'm bigger than AJ Styles, who was the world champion, you know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily look good for the world championship and, having and- a. They've, they've got like Finn Balor, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Xavier Woods is listed as 205 pounds. Like there are so many guys there. I, I thought that should that should have been something that they played into. And it's like maybe AJ goes to cruiserweight and like and try challenges for that title and you beat him. And how great does that make the cruiserweight division look when when somebody does that? It, it seemed like a real missed opportunity to me. Absolutely, but you're also making your cruiserweight division. A, two, a light heavyweight division, right? Yeah. And it should never be that. It should be, rather than 205, it should be like 175. You and, know what and I mean? And isn't that wild? Because it used to be 225. And that's, yeah. a, that's a UFC heavyweight, 225 yeah. pounds is. Yeah. So that shows you the way that the wrestling world has changed. And I think it's because... So many people see MMA. They see John Jones weighing 205 pounds. They saw Anderson Silva, 185, thin as a rail, dropping people for years and years and years. The greatest athletes aren't usually 265, 300 pounds. We saw Bob Sapp gas out like so many times doing that. So I think that that probably played a lot into it. Was that ever something that was mentioned? But it was it was integrated so much into the branding, 205 pounds, that it's hard for me to believe they would change it. Yeah, well, at the moment, like, to me, the, the, the final nail in the coffin was Davari and Tony getting mm-hmm. released. Yeah. They were holding it. To, like, they were the originals, right? So you take them out and it it was... It's sad because it was, it meant so much. Because like to like not just to me, but to every, all the guys for that. Right? As soon as they, they did, they started to do that rebranding, and we did that, that tournament. It was kind of like the rebirth, so to speak. It was like a new era. It was like the Attitude Era of two hundred five, and everyone kind of had this chip on the shoulder, and we were making it our show, and we felt like we had a lot of we could contribute a lot to it and they would listen to us but then when Ali disappeared you know that was a hit right but we're still going good and then me and Cedric were going away and we would we had been told okay like who's next like you know what are we going to do Sorry, phone ringing again. No, it's all right <laughs> um, you're, you're getting those calls from New Japan right now I understand oh. I didn't. I didn't recognize the number, but probably, uh, probably that Japanese number. I'm just telling you. Oh well, you know, <laughs> or my mum. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just they were slowly taking hits. But not only that, but then they took riders too. So once me, Cedric, and the riders left, it, it was kind of doomed. So unfortunately. What, so what is your weight right now? People were speculating when you posted that picture. You looking super jacked. On a normal day, okay. Suppose say it's that picture. What did you weigh in that picture? Two thirteen. Really? So it's it's funny because EC three like we did a segment called Wikipedia Fact Check, 
where we go through the Wikipedia and see what's true or false. And it said he was 242. And he's like, I've never been above 230 in my life. I don't know why we say that. He's like, I don't even like to embellish because I'm jacked. People will just look at him and say he's jacked. And then somebody went and edited it and made it 252 after that interview dropped. Like, why, why do you think there is such a stigma with that? Is it because of how much wrestlers used to weigh when it was like 285, 300 and all that? Um, I, I don't know. I think it comes down to like, cause I remember when I watched wrestling, I used to like, you know, even at the start, I used to see how big someone was to compare myself. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh yeah, I'm almost his size. Right. So I think it's just to make us look, feel bigger. Cause obviously we're not like back in the day, you know, that were these massive behemoth people. And obviously the times have changed. It's not like that anymore, but we still have to be above normal. Yeah. Right. So if you're saying, Hey guys, I'm 180, <laughs> you know what I mean? And this is like, well, I'm 200, like 200 is a very average weight. I feel, you know what and, I mean? And again, second highest UFC weight class is 205 pounds. That That's a pretty large human. Yeah. And it's just, you go to the gym and like, I think like, cause fitness is so much bigger now too. Mm-hmm. A lot of people work out. So they're all up there too. But I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to like, I got the other day, they're like, how much do you weigh? And I was like, 212. And he's like, man, you look a lot bigger than that. Great. But I'm not, you know what I mean? I think <laughs> I just have like, I'm very, like a very dense muscle. Like I'm not, I don't hold like a lot of water. So, um, yeah, strong, strong as hell though. <laughs> strong as hell at the moment. Cause I, I mean, don't, that's, that's what's important right now. Well, I think it was just because of the TV, like obviously going to SmackDown, we would record on, on Fridays that I was in a very, very bad cycle. Like I was 199, 200 pounds for a, for a while because I would extreme diet for Monday to Friday just in case I, you know, was booked. And then when I wasn't booked, I would get like depressed. You know, what was it all? And then I would like binge eat all weekend. And then once Monday hit, well, Friday could be the day. And then I would extreme diet again. And then do these crazy fasts. Friday, disappointment, binge, maybe this week. So I was just going through a very bad cycle of depression eating you know what i'm at in a way so um but now like since that weight came off it's just like well i'll do i don't need to take my shirt off every friday i can gain i can eat a little bit more like i don't i can gain some size without actually like going on tv and looking awful and that's the thing man i think wwe their biggest thing is they need to fix their lighting because the lighting's terrible really i could look really good and then as soon as I walk under those lights, everything's gone. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I could talk to you all day about wrestling. Not going to take up too much more of your time because hopefully we get to do this again because there's still, my God, there's still so much to ask. I've always been curious, though, about the WWE draft. Uh, you switched brands through three of them in about a year and a half. You went from 205 to, uh, I think it was Raw in the shakeup. Then you got drafted a couple different times. 
What did you know leading into each one of those? Um, so leaving from two or five, um, I was told that, you know, after mania that I was going to go, like me and Cedric were pulled right after mania, you know, you guys are going to get called up. But we kind of heard whispers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the actual mania plan for the 35, I think it was, was actually me and Cedric for WrestleMania. And I fought against it. And I said, why me and Cedric? And they were basically their answer because it's a good match. I said, yes, but it doesn't do anything. Like you're bringing me and Cedric. We've, we've had these, we, we, we wrestled in his hometown. Then we had Super Show where I beat him for the title. And now we're going to do it at Mania. Like it's going to be good. Cool. Great match. But what happens? I beat him at Mania and then lose it the day after. Like to who? Like you've told us that we're leaving. So let's pass, let me pass it on. Yeah. Right. And they go, who would you work? We go, put Tony. Said, is, is everything a cruiserweight, you know, he's a hybrid cruiserweight. He's the blueprint of what a cruiserweight is. Looks great. Yeah. Can do it all. Um, so let's do Tony. And it's in his hometown, New yeah. York. So we got it around. I said, the story's built in itself. He's been my training partner, right? The, the whole story was he helped me get ready for the cruiserweight division. All right, well, now he has a shot. And then he somehow... I'm not worried about him, right? And then he somehow gets it. So I pull the trigger and turn on him before he turns on me. Sending him up babyface. He beats me for the title. No one expects it. Our time was really short. So then like, hey, the following night on 205, we'll do your rematch. Do your mania match there. So that's when we had 25 minutes, the match up uh, the, the next night or whatever. And that's where we did the mania match where he, you know, puts the nail in the coffin. That was the end of me at 205. Then I did like a an appearance in um, NXT for a one-off. And then I got called to SmackDown. But that, so that I got told when they pulled us aside before even Mania that I was going. But as we all know in the wrestling world, until it happens, it ain't happening. Yeah. Um, and then when, obviously when I was at SmackDown, did some of the Roman stuff. Once I did the the three matches, the three, like the Roman, Brian and Ali. I started doing nothing. Heyman would always like, hey, nothing's keeping you here, right? I'm like, nope, like fucking, let's do it. Like, I'm happy to go. So he goes, all right, leave it with me. So then I heard maybe a week before. No, that was weird because that was in Vegas, right? I think so. Yeah, the the 2019 draft, yeah. So they were they were keeping it pretty quiet, right? But I had people I'd already messaging me before. asking me if they knew where if I knew where they were going, and I was like, no, they're keeping it real isn't, private. Isn't that sad? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's 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 they wouldn't tell me, but I knew Paul wanted me, right? So I was kind of like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a roll. Um, I get to SmackDown in Vegas. We get there, and then someone's walking around going, "Oh, you can go. You're getting drafted on Monday." Like where the not not knowing where to but yeah. you can go so i partied in vegas and then i went to uh then i think i heard like on the sunday that i was going to have a match with cedric on raw so that basically said that oh, i'm not a raw so um that was that one and then when we started the the, the last time i got drafted was 
they basically told us that we were the top rating segments on Raw. Um, and that they were going to bring the whole storyline to SmackDown. The entire storyline. That's what surprised so many people because they're like, oh, they're, they're getting Seth and Murphy away from the Mysterios. Then the whole thing came over. Yeah. And, like, I think they could have done it better because they did it all on the same day. Like, you could have done, you know, Seth goes, and then later on maybe, you know, I go maybe on the Monday. Like, you know what I mean? Seth, but we all went on the same day. Like, I went, I think, on the Talking Smack show or just announced at the end. I'm like, like... Yeah, it was on Talking Smack. That was very... Yeah, annoying. and it's just, it's just very, like, you... As much as they, you're telling people what to think of it, or where where they're telling you where you're ranked. It's you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just it's just not nice. You know what I mean? Like, like not even that. It's not that it's not nice. It's just like you can't expect me to get to here when you're treating me like this and betraying me as this. I want to get to there. I can get to there, but you have to also help build me up a little bit so but yeah that was my my draft but yeah they keep it pretty quiet but mm-hmm. uh, i wouldn't expect the answers out of them anyway so sorry i had a fly buzzing around my head i don't know how one got in here but i got one flying around it's kind of distracting me but uh we were talking about before we went on the air your twitch you're able to do that now that you're out of wwe how did you feel when when the word came down about those third party platforms and how are you liking being able to have that freedom now? Um, well, I didn't really, I, to me, I didn't care. Right. I had a cameo, but I didn't use it. Um, it was what it was, I guess. But like, to me, it's not a big deal. Like you're, if I did something as, as buddy Murphy on Twitch, I'm interacting. Like we're told that we need, and I even said this to Mark Carano when he when it was coming down. I said, "You tell us that we need to have social media so we can engage yeah. with an audience, right? So we're engaging with another audience. We're letting it because they want us to, to to come across as personable, and you know what I mean. The more personable you are, the more they get to see in your life, the more you know you suck them in, so to speak. So." This to me, like I didn't understand that you want us to do this and you want us to to let people in, but as soon as there's another platform that you know gives them another way to to a, build another audience, you're shutting it down. Like it's during a pandemic, people are stuck at home. Especially probably back then, we were doing, you know, like I I remember doing a day at the PC. I did two main events of main event and the two main events of Raw. In one day. In one day? I mean, yep. Lana, Lana mentioned that she had to be there for like 18 hours to film one skit that never made made TV. So, I mean, was you, were, you were, yeah, I, I would keep hearing about the refilms too. I would have people say, oh, Otis and Corbin had to film a sidewalk slam like four different times. Like, it seemed like it was a lot different from a production standpoint than it was just a few months prior as well. So, I don't understand how. You can be more or less organized when you have more time. Yeah. I never had to do a retake 
thank God. Because like, I was just a one-hit wonder. Like, drop it all there. I ain't doing this again. Um, but that day that I did, I, did a, I did the main event. I think I did a main event. I think it was maybe me and... No. It, it was me and Humberto in one of the main events. I did another main event with someone else. Then I did the main event of Raw with Drew. And I did the comeback where I come back and I saved Seth um, all in one day. And I remember driving home and my body was failing on me. I've never felt so bad in my life. I couldn't turn my steering wheel like without Damn. my chest just cramping. I was destroyed. My body was destroyed because you're going hot, cold, hot, Yeah, cold, that's, hot, that's hot, what I was going to say. Cold, it's cold. a lot different than wrestling 40 to 60 minutes back to back. You're constantly yeah. warming up. That was one of the things some of the people that were in Money in the Bank at the the headquarters where they would complain to me about, they would say, well, listen, doing that wouldn't have been so bad, but we were there from early in the morning to late at night and we're in our gear and we got to warm up and then we get cold and then we got to warm up and we got to get cold. So it was like that pretty well during a, a large portion of the pandemic, I would say. Yeah, it sucked. The PC era sucked. Um, definitely don't miss it. Uh, it's, when you hit that the mat, there's just nothing picking you back up. Like you take a clothesline, you ain't getting back. Like it, 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 it takes a massive toll, massive toll on your body wrestling in front of no one. Um, but you know, I did all of that in a day, and I did it hoping that you know this would be the thing where they're like, ah, right, he's reliable. He did. He did all this, you know, in, at a time of, at, at a tough time where we can't get all these people. And like, you know, I, I did it for the company. I did it for me. I like to work. I want to work, and I want to be a big part. I have a lot to contribute. And it didn't matter at the end of the day. As soon as that they could fly other people in, we all took a backseat. So as I like, think about, you, you go back to the the like you have a look at the stuff, Humberto. You know what I mean. Alistair, like we even had anyone from like Cedric, Ricochet. Raw was these new guys because we all lived in Orlando. <laughs> that was why. Well, and yeah, and I mean they they did lean they leaned so heavily on new people in the in the opening months of the pandemic, as you mentioned, and it was fresh. It was different. They would still run matches into the ground, but. It was it was fresh names that you hadn't seen before, and so many of them just aren't being used. Several of them aren't even there anymore, like we saw Andrade head to AEW. But uh, as we mentioned, someone, someone posted something awesome. So back in November of like nineteen, like when we get when we just got drafted to Raw, it was me, Andrade, and Alistair, and they did this video package, and it was like Raw's Impact players. Oh gosh. Right? And someone actually tweeted me in it, and it had the photo, and then it had uh, Andrade with a tick, Alistair with a tick, and mindset loading. Oh. And I, I, I lost it. <laughs> oh, God, this is so accurate. <laughs> we were, like, two years ago, you were basically telling everyone we're the future, and two years later, we're future endeavored. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, as I mentioned, you're, you're on Twitch now. You got some other stuff going on. How are you liking that? Yeah, I enjoy it, man. Um, like I do it anyway. I play video games 
anyway. So I might as well just click on a stream, talk to some people, um, just try to build build the secret no more brand um, and do stuff that I wasn't allowed to do. Um, and I got a lot of projects that I'm kind of working on. Like I'm trying to, you know, secret no more, like building like a, like a clothing brand on the side, um, you know, but that kind of leans into my wrestling thing, working on t-shirt designs, um, working on, you know, with a band on entrance music, like writing lyrics, um, you know, some video production stuff. Like I got my hand in a whole heap of different pots and um, I'm looking, I, I enjoy it. It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to be able to get creative again after so long. Well, tell the people where they can find you, where they can follow you. We have, of course, Secret No More Shop on here and, and your Twitter handle, which you might end up changing, but uh, tell them where they can get a hold of you. Well, they can still get me at WWE underscore Murphy <laughs> for the next however long. Um, but I think Hornswoggle's yeah, still got his WWE handle. Yeah, like, <laughs> like at, at the moment, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, until I can you know, get out there and, and, and do whatever it's, it is whatever. Like everyone refers to me as buddy still. And it, I'm, I'm known as buddy. So I always love it head, buddy. when people go to a new promotion, but they still have the WWE Twitter handle with the WWE IP in there. So like impact wrestling can show that on their TV because they're just showing a Twitter handle and they're not actually calling them by the WWE name. Yeah, it, it, it's but the thing is, man, like the amount of programs I've signed and the amount of programs that have been released over the last eight years, like that have that handle in it, it's kind of you know what I mean. I don't really want to get rid of it purely on the fact that it's pure advertising. Yeah, for it. and as soon as I get rid of it, some someone's gonna someone's put gonna new take one it. In. <laughs> yeah, so. You know, it is what it is. You know, I'm not really fussed about that at the moment. It's, I'll, I'll change it when when I change it. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for, for uh, telling me your story, trusting me with so much of your time, too. I mean, I appreciate you for being so generous for that. And we didn't, we barely scratched the surface on so much of this stuff. So I uh, hope to speak to you again. And it's definitely better than just getting to talk to you for like three minutes like we did in Toronto. Cause I was like, man, there's so much, so, so much more I wanted to ask there. Yeah. I remember when they, they gave, when they said, when I had to do that media junket that they mentioned that there was someone there um, and that he was going to pry and maybe something had happened around that time that they, they thought that they, he was going to. I think they accidentally approved me for that. So obviously there are times when, wrestlers or WWE don't necessarily like what I do. And, you know, I, I try to stay out of like personal business. I'm not going to report anybody's COVID test their pregnancy, anything like that. But I, I try, obviously there's things that they don't necessarily like that. I report things are going a lot better. Now they give me interviews and stuff. I think they accidentally approved me for that because we have an office in Toronto and I had hit WWE up and said, listen, I know you prefer in-person interviews and stuff like that. This is before the Zoom era. So I was like, hey, I would love to have people come into studio. I had like a half dozen wrestlers that I was friendly with that said, yeah, we'd love to come by. Instead, they approved us for that. And they were they were definitely like watching us like a hawk. But it was pretty funny because like Becky Lynch would go up to the PR guys and be like, 
ah, oh, I like this guy. You should have him around more to kind of bust their balls and stuff, which I thought was funny, but all went pretty well there. And I, yeah. I, I think that they thought I was going to be like, when are your contracts up? What about Saudi Arabia? And I wasn't going to do that for an interview uh, they gave was me. It, was it around the Saudi time? Well, I mean, it's it, for the last few years, it's always been around the Saudi time. There's been plenty of stuff to ask about Saudi Arabia from the beginning. Because, but... because there, there, was, there was, it was around that time that they, they were worried that you were going to get into something. Uh-huh. And a, a lot of that's things, well, why... At, at one point, I got the scripts for the shows, and I would post some information <laughs> on there. And uh, Don't so... worry. They, they, that, that script that you probably got has been changed 175 times well, that day. That's the thing. I would get them sometimes at eight oh five, and it would change by eight forty five. But oh yeah, and well, they changed by it was it was changed by eight oh six. And they've since changed the formats of those to where it would say Buddy Murphy versus Seth Rollins. Now it'll say Superstar versus Superstar because they don't want people like me to to track them down. But I mean that's that's unfortunately the nature of what I do is. Sometimes you get some news that they won't necessarily like. They've been much more receptive of late, though. Like, they've, they've given me Bobby Lashley and more interviews in the last couple months than they had in the years before. But I'm not going to go on a WWE-sanctioned interview and go, like, rogue because I'm working with the company in those. But I think that's probably what it was. You work with them more than me. Damn. Well, for at least the, the – gosh, after what, August? It'll, it'll be the case. Yeah. Well, you're still getting the checks, right? Oh, absolutely. Hopefully I, they don't gonna, stop. So will you still be in the 2K game, or are they yanking you from that? I have no idea. Man, I have no you, idea. Have you done anything for the new 2K game? Yeah, I got scammed. Okay. Yeah, I got scammed. But I'm sure the other 67 wrestlers that got released were scanned too well i mean they could do like wwe versus the world they could have like all these these free agents on on their roster because i mean they still have the ip of buddy murphy i would imagine yeah i'll i'll love the check send me the royalty yeah like i mean what what i'm not i'm not against it you know what i mean you put me in the the thing is like uh i'm excited for the future just to see see where I go from here. Um, I honestly believe that I have so much to give. Like I'm 32 years old. Yeah. And that's what I, even when I was, you know, not doing anything, I spoke with Hunter and I spoke to him and I was like, Hey, like I'm 32 years old. I haven't even peaked yet. And I'm sitting here. Like that shouldn't be the case. Like you need young, you, you want young guys. I'm young guy. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like I'm in relatively good shape. Like I'm not super small, not super big. I feel like my ring work speaks for itself. I feel like if you give me something, I will do it to the best of my ability. Never failed a drug test. I've never been late. Like I was in my eyes, I was a model employee. I didn't create problems. I didn't you gave me something. I would maybe, you know, and then I would do it. Like always, always played ball. MLW so, calling you? No, 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 no. Still dad, still dad. <laughs> He's definitely trying. Um, Lucha Underground yeah, like, is next. He's gonna call again. I'm gonna say it's Lucha Underground giving you a call. I'll just, I'll take anything. You know, after this, after these days, after these 31 days, oh, 
August 31st, not 31 days. Oh, I was about but, to be like, <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. You take that and run with it. No, <laughs> yeah. um, August 31st, August 31st. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I, I feel like I haven't been, I haven't even scratched the surface. You know what I mean? Like, I was always that side character. So I had spotlight, but not the full spotlight. So I feel like I could be, a, I, I honestly, my heart of heart think I could be a, a, a serious player wherever I go. Um, I just don't know where that's going to be, but I'm excited. Um, we'll see what happens. Maybe your dad's calling. He's starting up his own promotion right now. That that's that's the that's the person calling you to negotiate. Uh, my, 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 old, my old man couldn't afford me. Oh wow, that's the hottest free agent right now, my friends. Uh, thank you so much for giving me so much time. Uh, hope that we get to do this again. Yeah, man, I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> Until next time, guys. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.